Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. I want to welcome you to uh, Mission Sunday. We do this every once in a while, and uh, the idea behind Mission Sunday is to challenge us, every one of us, in where we stand as far as uh, what God has called us to do when it comes to local and global missions. And so today, uh, I want to encourage you, if you would, go ahead and flip over to Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Ryan's going to cover that just here in a minute, but I want to fill you in on kind of where we've come from. Uh, Mountain View Fellowship, if you don't know anything about this church, you're going to learn a lot about it today. You're going to learn some philosophy. You're going to under, uh, learn, hopefully, uh, get a better understanding why we do certain things and why we promote certain things. And so uh, we were launched almost 14 years ago with this idea of reaching eastern Colorado for Christ. We knew that was the calling that was placed upon this church. And so for the last 14 years, that's what we've been working on. Uh, we've just been hard at it. Uh, the other thing that we understood is that in order to do that, we had to meet people where they were at. Uh, and understanding the culture is key to that. You'll hear more about that here in a minute. Uh, but over the last few years, we have learned uh, something very interesting is when we were first launched, we were doing church a certain way, not to get into all the details, but I want you to know uh, there's a, a method to the madness, if you will. And years ago, we started doing church a certain way, and, and it just didn't feel right to us. We were like, something is not fitting. Like It was like pieces of a puzzle that just didn't fit together. And the more we prayed through that and, and struggled with it, the more we realized that we were doing kind of a, I know this is going to sound really weird, an attractional type method of church. We were doing different things to attract people into the church. And uh, what we really were at heart, and it took us a few years to figure it out, but we were what you would call a missional church. Uh, we had this strong desire to teach people how to share the gospel with the world around them. And, uh, and just to make it very simplistic, uh, if you want to understand it this way, an attractional church says, hey, bring your friends and we're going to save them. And a missional church says, we're going to teach you how to go reach your friends. And so that's the big difference. And so uh, if you were here several years ago, five, six years ago, you noticed some, some big transitions that were taking place. We went away from uh, attractional worship more toward uh, authentic worship. And so what Titus does every Sunday is he tries to create an environment where we can come in here and we can just um, worship Christ uh, from our heart, just uh, glorify God and, and meet with him right where he's at. Um, and, and so we, we work very hard to set that, um, set that tone in here so that God might be able to, to meet us where we're at, touch our hearts, direct us, encourage us, convict us, whatever, whatever we need. And so uh, a lot of things that we do here have to do with this missional mindset. And then on Sunday mornings, we treat it, uh, the best way to describe it is like family time. So we come in here, we gather like this, and uh, we treat it as though we're family in this room with guests in our midst, if you will. 
And so we don't speak directly to our guests. So if you're a first-time guest here this morning, you're going to learn a lot about us in a short amount of time as well. But we, we're not really teaching toward first-time guests. We're teaching toward our family and toward their friends as they invite their friends to come in with them. And so what we're doing is, is what we see in Scripture, which is to equip the saints for the work that God has for them. So our job... Uh, is to grow you up, to teach you, to train you, and then send you out so that you are missionaries where you live. And so that is the method behind everything that we do, especially on Sunday mornings here at Mountain View Fellowship. Uh, We have a big mandate. It's our mission. It's to uh, point people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We said that first of of all, everything has to be about pointing people to Jesus, and then we're going to do it by fostering relationships. We taught you to to foster relationships up with God, in with each other, out with those who don't know Christ. All of that is missional. And then what we said is we're going to do this on a larger scale, and God is leading us to plant churches all over eastern Colorado to reach eastern Colorado for Christ. This is an area that we are not seeing reach. There's not a lot of evangelical churches, not a lot of churches that are serious about reaching those who don't know Christ. And so up here on the map, you can see there's nine locations that we feel like we need to start working toward planting churches in those locations. Uh, that's not tomorrow, okay? This has been on the map for a long time. We're working toward that right now. Uh, first one, if you look at number two, is sitting in Lyman. We're kind of working on details of that right now, uh, what that would look like. The reason, and this is funny because uh, some of you noticed on Palm Sunday, we went to a transition to where we're now on the big screen, right? You get to see these big ears, bigger than life up there on the, on the screen. Uh, and people are like, oh, Don's so full of himself, right? That's not what it is at all. The reason we're doing that is that's one of the early steps of learning how to do video-driven messages so that we can launch that church in Lyman. So it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with reaching eastern Colorado. And so everything that we do here has a reason behind it. And so uh, uh, the goal here is to train you up to be missionaries no matter where you're at, whether it's at home or whether it's abroad. And so that's what we're working hard on. And uh, what we're going to do is uh, we're going to take a look at our, our missions, our philosophy, our, our ministry, uh, missions ministry, who we support. Uh, over the next uh, 30 minutes or so, you're going to see slides from a lot of our teams, uh, whether it's in Texas for hurricane relief to Bolivia to Jamaica to, I mean, all over the place. So you're going to see a bunch of different slides. You might even notice, uh, recognize some of the people in there as well. Uh, Also, I'll encourage you with this. At the bottom of the screen periodically, uh, you're going to see an Ask Anything number. As we're talking about this, if you have questions, text your uh, questions to that phone number at the bottom of the screen. And then when we get to the end of this, we, we would like to answer a few of your questions. And so if you think of questions, go ahead and send them in, and uh, we want to answer those at the end. So uh, with all that, this is Ryan. He's our missions and outreach pastor. And uh, so he is in charge of local and global missions, and that's his heart. Uh, if you know anything about Ryan, he is broken for the loss, and, and uh, he challenges me every day uh, just in, in, in having the right heart and following uh, Christ in that way and making sure that life is not about us, but it's about the gospel and reaching more and more people for Christ. And so uh, it's an honor to be on the stage with him this morning, but um, I'm going to try to 
lead him, I guess, and uh, ask him some questions as we go through this and, and, and hopes that he can kind of uh, share with you kind of his heart in missions as well and why we're doing what we do, especially as we come into the summer months. We've got several missions trips coming up and stuff like that, and you need to know why we do those things. And so, Ryan, I'm just going to ask you, if you would, just uh, to define missions for us as you see it and as you approach this missions ministry here at Mountain View. Absolutely. Thanks, Don. Um, before, Don was sharing just a little bit of backstory about where Mountain View started and what its roots are. And so for me, I think it would be helpful to take a little time to have some backstory and what, what I used to understand missions as. And so I grew up in the church. Um, I, was, I was raised Catholic for the first nine years of my life or so. And after that, um, we had a church right up the street from our house, and I didn't want to go to the Catholic church any longer, and so I worked it out with my mom that I could walk up the street and attend the church up the street. So that church is of a denomination that it doesn't matter what the denomination is, but through that time, from the point that I was nine to going to college, we would on occasion have missionaries come back to speak at our church. And one of those in particular is my wife's dad, but the... The general theme when I was in middle school and high school is we would have these missionaries that came back from overseas, and they would be either in Africa, we had some that we supported in Tibet, we had a few that we were just supporting globally that would then come back, and they would have their slideshow, they would have their projector, they'd set it on a table, and they would click through the slides and kind of walk through with whoever was interested to show up that Sunday evening, they would walk through and say, okay, these are the people that we know in said area. Let's take Afri Africa because that's where my wife was um, for nine years of her life and that just seems to have a little more context for me. So her father would portray the pictures and then just kind of walk through what, what's happening with the relationships that they have in Africa. And then he would also point out that he was a medical missionary, so he was a, he was a doctor. They had started a, a hospital there and so they had a, a vocation that they were doing while they were in Africa. So they would basically take care of the physical need and at some point hope to take care of the spiritual need. So the physical need was, was the shoe-in. Here's a way to develop relationship. And then after that, they would work on potentially having the spiritual need taken care of. And so for me, growing up, up until college, my understanding of missions, and maybe this is yours if you have an understanding of what missions is um, or if you've developed that, is that it's somebody who is sent out, somebody who is always somewhere else. Like, we will pray for them, and maybe our church will have them come in, and they'll share their slideshow. But by and large, it's somebody else who was sent somewhere to do God's work that they felt called to. Now, fast forward to college, I was able to take some, some biblical courses, and in that process, I, I had my, my understanding of missions transformed. It was, it was transformed dynamically. Um, and as Don had you turn earlier to Acts 1-8, I'm not quite there, so, um, but that is, that's where we're going to land. One thing that I want to do is, is talk about the foundation that then would lead into Acts 1-8. So the very first part is we have the great commandment. And, and many of you have probably heard, some of you might not, but the great commandment is basically when people ask Jesus, what are the greatest of the Ten Commandments? And he, he summed up the com Ten Commandments into two. And the first one was to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind. All your heart, soul, mind. And strength. And strength. Thank you. And the second, likewise, to love your neighbor as yourself. 
So this is truly foundational for where I'm going with what God's done, what the Holy Spirit's done with my heart for missions. We primarily need to love God first. And then we take that second commandment and say, we love our neighbor, which we have tons of neighbors. It can be the physical neighbor on our street, the neighbor in the cubicle next to us. We'll get to that as we go. But we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so if, if I follow the first commandment and I love God, and that's my number one priority, that second part says, love that neighbor as myself. So myself, I love God. I desire for them to love God. So we should have it in our hearts with those two commandments alone to be missional in mindset. Um, and, and, and so then I'll segue a little more into that in, in, the, in the Great Commission. So I'm not going to have you turn there. I'll just read it for you. It's out of Matthew 28. I mean, I forgot my Bible up here, so please bear with me. Um, but in the Great Commission, Jesus, just some of the backstory again, Jesus had just been crucified and and. Shortly after the resurrection, he was meeting with his disciples, and he was explaining to them what their commission was. So Jesus had been meeting with with his disciples for three-plus years, developing them to do precisely what this great commission is that he, he basically was commanding them to do, and not only them, but us as well. So in Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's full of a a ton of stuff, and and I I don't want to try to get into too much of it, but the Great Commission was, he was telling his disciples, for a time such as this, I've been, pre- I've been preparing you to go out into all nations, baptize, disciple, and grow that community. Teach them to obey my commands. So Jesus gave them these, this great commission. So you have the great commission and the great commandment, and those need to be hand in hand when, when we're discussing missions. I think that we need to make sure that we, for me, what, what I've learned is that when I have those two aligned, that it makes more sense um, where I would go with Acts 1.8. So now, thank you for being patient. Acts 1.8, if you have it, let's, um, let's take a look at that. In, in this it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Again, a little backstory. This is, again, after Jesus had just talked to the disciples about the Great Commission, and, and he's talking to now what will be the first church. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This was was my mantra verse in college. This was the verse that truly spoke to me in that we are to be God's witnesses everywhere. So missions and missionary are two different things. Missions would be what Don's talking about, what I'm talking about, where we are to be on mission wherever God has us. If that's, again, in the office with our neighbor overseas, that, that's, the, that's the extended part of the missions. That would be the missionary. But we are to be on mission no matter where we are. And, um, and then the missionary is somebody who is, again, sent out. So with that in mind, Jesus tells them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. 
They were in Jerusalem. So he was saying, you're going to be my witnesses right here, right now. And then you will also be my witnesses in Judea, which is a neighboring town. So as Don showed the picture earlier of the map, those are eight other areas that we want to see God's truth be spoken and people come to know Christ. That would be potentially our Judea. Um, Samaria could be nationally. And this is just an oversimplification, but these, these areas are surrounding and neighboring communities to Jerusalem. But the point was, you will go to the ends of the earth. And so, but that doesn't mean only the ends of the earth. You're still required to do it here. Um, so that's some of it in a nutshell of what missions is. Okay, we have tried very hard. As, as you can see, when we talk about Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to have what we call a tiered mission program. And so uh, we want to encourage all of you to take those steps, because I know some of you haven't, haven't even thought about crossing the street to your neighbor. And so we're trying to get you to take that step first. And, and, but yet, there's still uh, an offering by Mountain View Fellowship that, that Ryan's working on to offer a tiered mission program so that when you start to uh, reach out and share with your neighbors, uh, the next step would be to go to Judea, to go, you know, and keep taking those steps. And I would say it this way is, because um, I, I, get, I get this question all the time, well, are you telling me I have to go to Africa? Well, no, because that, that was my fear when I was growing up, you know, as soon as I accepted Christ and turned my life over, that he would send me to Africa as a missionary, and he didn't, he sent me to Strasbourg. Um, <laughs> I, I, anyway, uh, so here, here's what happens, though, is, is I think all of us are called Two areas. We, there's a passion built within us, and it's hard, and, and some of you that have traveled, you'll understand this, it's hard to understand that if you haven't gotten out of your comfort zone and gone. And so cross the street, go knock on the neighbor's door, go to Open Door Fellowship, go serve at the Assisted Living Center, go do all these different things, and, and I would say it this way, uh, how do you know where you're called to? You'll know, you'll know. And I would always push people one step further. I would say it's got to be right outside of your comfort zone. Because I don't believe God really starts to shape and, and mold and chip at your heart and, and really, really challenge and grow you until you step outside of that comfort zone. Uh, there's something amazing. When you step out of that, that comfort zone, you've got to put your trust in Jesus and, and, uh, and allow him to move and work. Something happens within our hearts. Uh, and for some of us, uh, it might it might be that you have to take that step before you truly learn how to be a missionary at home. And let me explain to you what I'm talking about. Uh, I was sharing this with Ryan. I think when it really struck me years ago, we were doing the volunteer youth pastor thing, and we took a team to inner city L.A., and we were doing a bunch of missionary work there. And long story short, uh, I had a, a thought as I was getting out of the bus and walking into a grocery store with my mission team that I'm a missionary, and we're still in the States, we're just in inner city LA, and I'm walking into a grocery store, and I had this thought, like, okay, I'm a missionary here, and so therefore I have to conduct myself in, in a manner of a missionary, and I need to be looking for where, how is God going to work in this moment as I walk into the store, and I don't know why I did it then, we walked into the store to get ice cream, and there was a lady, a cashier, standing there by the door, and I started up a conversation with her, I was smiling, I, I I'm a representative of Jesus Christ. I've got, to, I've got to do a good job. And so I walk in, and I'm like, you know, smiling. I, hey, how are you doing? Nice to see you. And, and we start talking. We have this conversation, and it leads to this conversation about God. And I remember walking out of that store, and the Holy Spirit struck me, and he was like, why don't you do that at home? 
And I was like, doggone it. Why do you have to go there, you know? Because I'm comfortable at home. And it hit me that it doesn't matter whether I'm in inner city L.A., if I'm, if I'm in, you know, the Philippines or if I'm in Strasbourg. We're all missionaries. And what Ryan wants to, I think, challenge us with today a little bit, and you're going to hear this at the end, is for us to be able to assess what role are we playing in the mission field, whether it's locally or globally. Because we all play a role. And are you even aware of that role? And are you playing the role? Are you, are you getting involved in, and having an impact in the kingdom or not? Um, so uh, philosophy when it comes to ministry, um, uh, when you're, because we, we support some missionaries around the globe right now, how do you pick which ones we get behind and, and which ones we have to turn down? Because we can't take them all, obviously. So I flip a coin. <laughs> Um, on a serious note, actually, that was that was the hardest thing for me when when Don hired me on as as a staff member was Ryan. You need to you need to decide. Um, obviously, through prayer and 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 also having others pray about it. What what are we going to do? Because we are asked on a number of occasions where people want us to support their mission and. And it took a while, but um, I finally, and it shouldn't have been that difficult, but we have our mandate, which is pointing people to Jesus while fostering relationships. And the same is true for how we would potentially support missionaries as we have funds available. So if a missionary comes to me and says that uh, they want to go in and their, their, their desire is to just drop a well and go out, um, for me, that's a good thing, but how is that developing a relationship? It's taking care of a specific need and, and, a, and a felt need that, that's, that's really important, but, but the thing is, is that is that going to, is that going to be long-term solving issues? So when, when thinking of missionaries, um, there's, there's three things, and it's contained within, again, the Great Commission, that we are to go and evangelize, and then we are to disciple and then we are to see growth. So we would evangelize individuals. We would disciple said individuals who would then evangelize and disciple individuals in their community, thus creating a community of believers that then is reproducible. So with missions at large, it would, we would want to see it fall underneath that, that platform of the, of the Great Commission and then also align with are we developing relationships? Are we developing relationships with the, the organization? Or are we developing relationships with the, the unbelievers? And so it's difficult. It's hard to say no to some. But um, we have to, again, like Don said, we can't say yes to everything. And so we have to be able to say this, this aligns with what, what God's put, what the Holy Spirit's put on our heart for our community here and then the community at large globally. And you were sharing with me that uh, you thought love and action was a good example of that type of mission. Exactly. So for, for some, just on the outside, um, if some of you that are familiar, we, we try to take a trip to Bolivia every summer, and we'll spend time there developing an orphanage. And on the outside, it can look like a terrible idea. Uh, it costs approximately $2,500 per person to attend that mission trip. And then when we get there, we 
work on a project and then we come home and some people just think oh that's it seems like such a waste of money the the problem is is that as don said earlier it's not so much a waste of money that's not the problem i guess the the misunderstanding is um when when we think about how don says each one of us will be called to a mission or to be a missionary if you will and and we we won't really know that sometimes until we we have flesh on the situation so we can have a team come back and say it was fantastic in bolivia and most of you might have your eyes glazed over already, and, and, and it, it, it just goes beyond you. It's not something that you're able to associate with or connect to. Once you're in Bolivia, in this case, and you see the need, and the spiritual need especially, um, then that's where, again, your heart gets broken. And maybe, maybe it's not Bolivia for you, but that's where opportunities for other mission trips that could be national or global. But... The, the, the ministry, Love in Action, their, their philosophy is they don't just bring orphans in and raise them up and send them out. The, the, the desire is they bring them in and they teach them scriptural truths. They are, in, they are inundated from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, by and large, with hearing the truth, the hearing the gospel. And these, these children who have been rescued out of difficult situations, terrible situations, are hearing that, that Christ died for them. And that he wants, he desires for them to be restored to his heavenly father, their heavenly father. And as a result, these kids then grow up, potentially develop this relationship with Christ, and go out and change their community. Those are the relationships that are being developed that then will change the community because we can't be there to do that. And, and we shouldn't be. The, the desire is for those that are in the community to change their community. And we've, uh, we've done a couple of missions where it's been one and done type thing. And the reason for that is because if we get there and it's not exactly what we thought or it doesn't play out the way that we had hoped or it doesn't obviously meet the requirements that, that Ryan has set forth, that it's going to be all about pointing people to Jesus. It's going to be about fostering a long-term relationship with a missionary or a mission. Uh, if it doesn't meet that criteria, then we probably won't do it again. But for the most part, when we've started a missions uh, program, it's stuck because our goal is not to recreate the will, but to find missionaries that are already doing amazing work uh, for the kingdom and get behind them and support them and help them and start uh, fostering a long-term relationship with them. And as you can see, there's a lot of them uh, that we've just come alongside of and, and given them a shot in the arm, a boost, or, or lifted them to another level. And, and that's our goal is just to make, make Jesus' name bigger everywhere we go. And so we're trying our best to do that, but we're not going to go out and just say, hey, we're going to start our own thing, or we're going to go to Bolivia and start an orphanage. We're finding somebody who's already in the midst of that because God has placed a calling on them, and then as soon as we get behind them in that, we're just going to foster that long-term relationship, um, again, to glorify Jesus Christ. And so this is missions. This is what it's all about, and, and uh, we want to see that, that just kind of... Uh, play out year after year after year. And for those of you that have been to Bolivia, when you go back, it's amazing because the kids remember you who you are. Uh, they know that you're coming. They're excited about seeing you again. Uh, that's that long-term relationship that we're talking about. And years from now, we're going to see them as grown adults changing their world because of the work that's being done there. Um, we don't have time to go into all of it, but uh, what are some of the missionaries uh, that we're supporting in some of the areas around the globe right now? We currently have uh, five missionaries and or organizations that we support, um, and, and we've, one of the things is I wanted to make sure that we're, we're doing well with that, 
even before adding more. So we currently have the of the areas that we serve, and it's just going to be very generic. Some of them are in areas that are um, sensitive, but uh, we have the of the five families, South America, we have with Bolivia and that organization, Budapest, Tetovo, or Macedonia, China, and Vietnam. And so in, in each one of these locations, we have people that have had their hearts broken for a certain people group, and they're in there trying to break ground to see, in some of these areas, people who haven't even heard of Jesus, that they're just trying to make the word known. Uh, locally, uh, what are some of the missions that we're involved in locally? So locally, we have Open Door Fellowship, um, and, and I don't know that if we've had any cycle through here. I don't know. Um, but that's, and that's part of the, the tiered mi- mission ministry where um, that's kind of our Jerusalem, and this is an opportunity for... W- We've recently started having life groups attend Open Door Fellowship and just be exposed to serving. Um, and as Don said earlier, getting out of our comfort zones. It, it can be uncomfortable uh, at times to, to be able to, to really just be like Jesus asked it to be, to get in the muck and the mire and say, you know what, we're going we're gonna to serve. And, and, and not so that we can come back and boast, but that, that hopefully our hearts will be broken to, to be more servant-like throughout just the rest of our life, not just that first Sunday of the month. And that's a good point, because you, when you do missions, you think you're going to go and you're going you're to change the world. You're going to do something and help somebody else. And here's what happens. You come back and you're changed. Like it's, it's broken you and you're a different person when you come back. And so if you've never been in the mission field, you definitely got to try one. And I want to share with you kind of the heart behind this church. When we were getting ready to launch this church, we said we will be all about missions. We're going to be about uh, going out and, and declaring who Jesus is. And our relationship with Open Door Fellowship actually started six months before this church was ever launched. We were already sending teams down to feed the homeless and to work on some of those houses down there in downtown Denver before we ever launched our first service. And so uh, it, it's been a long, long-term relationship that we've been fostering. Uh, we've taken trips to uh, Jamaica, um, Haiti. We've had some uh, team members go to Haiti. Uh, we took a team down to Houston uh, after Hurricane Harvey. We spent a week down there doing a lot of work. Um, some of the mission support that we've done, uh, depending on where we're at as a church and what's going on around the globe. We've actually like dug water wells in Africa. We've, uh, we did a one day to feed the world where we all pitched in one day's salary to buy mana packs that were shipped all over the globe. So we've done a lot of different things uh, to try to have an impact in missions. Uh, so this, this is where we're at today. We want to challenge each of you and, and we want to say, look, Wherever that is for you, you've got to identify it. And the only way to identify it is to get involved, to start. Uh, whether it's right now, uh, crossing the street, or whether it's jumping on a missions trip, and maybe that will change you and transform you so that when you come home, you're a better missionary at home. But whatever that is, you've got to figure out that, uh, what is God calling you to do, and then get involved and do it. And uh, we'll acknowledge some people are called to Africa. Some people have trouble leaving uh, Coyote Ridge, you know, and we're all, we're all designed differently, and God knows that about us. But the, the bottom line here is that we are all missionaries, and we need to be fulfilling that uh, however God has called us to fulfill that. So uh, with that being said, let me throw a couple of questions here, because we, we had uh, somebody question about locals, local missions and stuff, and how they can get involved. What's the easiest way to do that? Um, 
Like the, if they want to get involved in like ODF and stuff like that, how? Sure. What are um, some of the other missions? Come talk to me. Uh, you can either do it in person or via email. Uh, my email is ryan at mvfcolorado.com. And then, and then I, would, I would try to work alongside you to source it and or, or even potentially having the conversation, is there, is there something that we're doing similar to that already that we can get you plugged in at to where, again, not spreading too thin. Um, but one thing I did want to clarify is in, in regards to the missionaries that we support, I, I want you guys to understand that, that the, the, the discipline of tithing, when you guys tithe, that that money, some of that money is is what helps support our missionaries. So some of that some of that tie that you give will be going to missions in one form or another. Um, now the mission trips that we take, that's your tithe isn't going to that. The, the, those that are on the mission trip raise their funds, but the missionaries that we currently support and some of the ministries that we support will be financed through the tie that you give. Yep. And just recently, we uh, donated some money to Eastern Plains Women's Resource Center, which is another ministry right here in our backyard. And so there's a lot that we're not getting to today. Please understand that we're just scratching the surface today. But what you're giving toward is that missional heart of having an impact in the world around us in the best, most effective way that we can. And that's part of, of Ryan's responsibility is to figure that out. What where do we need to be involved, and how do we get involved? There was an interesting uh, question sent in. Actually, it was a statement uh, about the difference between going rather than sending money. And I'm not going to read the whole thing to you because I just want to put you on the spot because I know that's something you've wrestled with before. And We've actually decided not to go and to send money before uh, for other reasons, but uh, kind of talk about that, that balance between those two of boots on the ground and just sending money. There's tons of commercials, credit card commercials about priceless and quite honestly, for what I was saying earlier, being able to be there and experience it is, is worth every penny. And, and quite honestly, if I can be bold enough, um, oftentimes the, the ones that confront me, and I, I shouldn't say all, but there are, there are a handful that would confront me and say, this is kind of ridiculous that we're spending $2,500 to send people over to do kingdom work, but they just got back from a cruise that costs twenty five hundred dollars. So what it it kind of it speaks to our heart condition and and if, and when our heart is again broken for those that don't know Jesus, it's his money anyway. Um, and potentially we could have we could have individuals come back that then finance said missionaries that were supporting and or organizations to where again their heart was broken and they realized, man, God, I've been quite honestly, disobedient, and I want to give of what you've given me to this organization. But, but it does, it changes you. And sometimes it might take being in another country and experiencing the poverty that they have, but then the joy that they display. And yet when we are here, we're, we're so joyless, and, and, but so rich, if that makes sense. We've had adults go on trips like this, come home and change their entire lifestyle. We've had teens go, come home. We got a phone call from um, some parents one time, and they were like, what did you do to our daughter? And I thought, oh, great, we're in trouble. And they said she came home and apologized for always having to have the newest fashion and just went down the list and changed her life, her outlook on life. And so missions will change you. Um, 
Ryan and I were having a discussion the other day about this and, and about how do we get people involved more in missions. And can I challenge you with something? I don't want to steal your thunder or anything, but uh, something we had talked about, we didn't formalize this, but uh, if you really, really want to get involved, and especially if you're parents, you want to impact your kids this summer, uh, if you have a summer vacation planned, if you'll take half a day out of that summer vacation, let's, let's say you're going to Florida. If you go to Florida, there's plenty of missions, there's plenty of uh, homeless shelters, there's plenty of uh, other churches that are doing great work down there. If you take half a day of your vacation and dedicate it to missions of just having an impact somewhere, you will see a completely different vacation, I promise you that. Uh, it's amazing to me. The couples that we've challenged with this, when they've gone on that trip, they've come back and they said that was the best half day of our entire vacation. Uh, we enjoyed our vacation more because we realized how blessed we were. We, it changed our kids um, the way they looked at our vacation. And so uh, I want to encourage you and challenge you to do that. And if, if you do that, would you do this? Would you just send us a picture or uh, send us something to show us, hey, this is what we did. We would just like to hear about it and hear the stories. And so that's just a challenge for you this summer as you think about your vacations. And I know many of you are going to take them. Uh, you can always have an impact. Even if it's a half a day, you can have a big impact no matter where you go. Uh, is it is it too late to get signed up for Bolivia or some of these others mission, uh, mission trips? Sorry. No, um, but it has to happen today. So come up and do it today. Um, but I will add to Don's that if on 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 the the idea of dedicating half a day, send send me your itinerary. I'm not going to stalk you, but I will. I will, I will do some footwork to see if what organizations might be in the area that you're at that could benefit from you stepping in for half a day or your family stepping in, but um, it's, it's certainly something worth looking into. Okay. We are wrapped up on our time, so let, let me close. Is there anything else you want to throw in there? Okay, let me close with this real quick. Uh, Ryan just read you uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Hopefully you're still there. Uh, Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, and he's given him this last command. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. Um, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I want you to go. And we so often don't think that we can go. Uh, as Ryan was challenging you earlier, you know, uh, we, we have this, mis, uh, this preconceived idea that a missionary is somebody who's called by God that's going to Africa. And that's not us. That's other people. And it probably ne- will never be us. And the reality is we're trying to change your thinking today and, and understand that God has laid his hand upon you and he calls you his, his child and he sends you into the world. You are his missionary. And what I find fascinating about this passage that, that Ryan is using is because it wraps up like this. It says, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. So Jesus is ascending into heaven. Like this was the last charge that he's given him. Go. And then he goes and they're standing there watching. It says, as they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Who, who do you think they were? Angels, yeah. Angels. So here they are standing there. Just get the mental picture, right? They're standing there and they're watching Jesus ascend going, well, what are we going to do now, right? He's leaving. And these two angels appear. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Like, what are you doing? Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. What are they saying? Look, why are you still here? He said, go. Go. 
Go change the world because Jesus is coming back someday. And so you have everything that you need. God has given you the power of his Holy Spirit. He will direct you. He will tell you what to say. He will lead your steps if you let him. But he wants to use you in a mighty way. The question is, are we willing to listen and are we willing to go? Let me, let me say a prayer for us as we wrap up today. Heavenly Father, we sit here before you today as your children. We um, ask that you would make us aware of your presence today. God, as we leave this building, I pray that as we step through those doors, as we talked several weeks ago of planting and watering, God, let us know that we are your missionaries. It is, it is the way that you've designed it. You put this amazing great news of your son Jesus Christ and his love for us and, and the sacrifice and the resurrection. You gave that message to a whole bunch of broken vessels and you ask us to take it to the rest of the world. God, if it was me, I'd have done it a different way. But you chose to do it through your people. Would you please impress upon us how you want to use us today? May we get in tune with your Holy Spirit. May we go and not just stand around looking into the sky, but actually go and change our world. God, we pray for the mission teams that are leaving this, uh, this summer. Uh, one in our midst is Audrey. She's headed over to Europe. We pray that you would just guide her and bless her, keep her safe this entire summer while she's gone. Our Bolivia missions team that's leaving, Lord, I pray that you would keep your hands upon them. And, and each team, Lord, just, just protect them and guide them. Use them in a mighty way. And Lord, while you're using them abroad, I just ask that you would use us here to glorify your name, to point people to you, to draw people in to this eternal salvation message of your son. God, we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray it brings glory and honor to your name and everyone said, amen. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless.